Hello, and thank you for joining us today on It Is Written Canada. We will be looking again at how the fears of a global food crisis are growing and getting worse, with close to 1 billion people regularly going to bed hungry, and many of those people living on one meal a week. Once again, we will be focusing on the Turkana County region of Kenya, where the current drought has lasted for five consecutive years and almost all livestock has died. Unless the people are living right near a water source, the only food that they're surviving on is the wild fruit that they can find on the few trees that are still producing. Today on It Is Written Canada, our special guest is Steve Matthews, Executive Director for ADRA Canada. Steve, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here with you and Renee again. So last time we were with you, you had just been to Kenya, which was not too long ago in Africa, and you were able to see the hunger firsthand. What did you see? Was there really hunger everywhere? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was just so widespread. Um, now, the region I was in was Turkana. The Turkana region is in the north of Kenya. So when you're in the south of Kenya, you don't see it. But uh, once you go into those more arid regions of the country, hunger was everywhere. What really struck me about being there though was how hard people are working, just working continuously to try to earn enough money to, to basically be able to purchase food for their families. Oftentimes uh, the people that I was meeting they were working weaving baskets, making mats to sell at the market, but they were only able to by working continuously maybe earn enough money to feed their family for three to four days. So can you imagine that you're, you're working so hard, but you can't even make enough to feed your family? And when I say feed them, it's basic meals. And the days that you can't feed your family, you're feeding them nothing. So some of these families are, are basically eating one meal a day. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And when they can't earn enough money to buy from the market, what they're doing is they're, they're harvesting wild fruit. I visited two different areas of Turkana, and when I was there, each area had one fruit only. And these wild fruit are not, uh, not exactly what you'd want to be eating continuously, regularly. Um, while I was there, I was, uh, actually went out and was able to, to harvest some of the fruit and, and tried it. It tasted good initially, but I couldn't imagine eating that as the only food that you have each day. So Steve, let's take a look at that video which you were able to capture when you were there and you were able to see this firsthand of this hunger that was everywhere. Great, yeah. I have lived all my life here in this village. I have never seen it like this before. There was a time when the land around us was nothing but green pasture, for as far as the eye could see. Meat and milk were plentiful. Life was good. Now our fields are nothing but sand. Our animals are all gone. There is hunger everywhere. We were going through a very difficult time. My husband and I have four children. Because of the drought, it had become very challenging for us to feed our children. Our animals had died, and there was no real employment opportunities here. 
That was when Adra came to help us with emergency assistance for food. Once every month, Adra sent us money so we could buy food. It came right to my cell phone. I'm not really sure how it all works. I had to have the village chief help me set up the account. I just know that we could use the money that came over my phone from Adra to buy food. Life was good again. I have three grandchildren that live with me here, and we were able to eat well. When we got that support from Adra, life was good again. There was always enough to eat. We even had enough left over to get a few other household essentials and pay some school fees for my kids. But last June, we were told that the emergency assistance from Adra had come to an end. Feeding our children in this dried up land has become a real challenge again. I managed to get a little cash from the baskets I make, but it doesn't go as far as it used to. In just the last four months, the cost of food has doubled, and in some cases tripled. It is like we are now dealing with two droughts, the drought from no rain, and the drought caused by the price of food going up so much. There is a dried up riverbed near here where some palm trees still grow. The women of the village here collect palm branches, strip them and weave together products that we try and sell on the market. I make mats. When there is food, I can make five mats a month. When there is no food, I get weak and am only able to make two. Then the real problem comes in trying to sell the mats. The market is 25 kilometers away. If I hired a motorbike driver to take them in, it would cost more than what I could get for the mats. I usually only get about 200 shillings per mat. So I have to walk the mats into the market on foot. It takes about a day and a half round trip. The food I am able to buy is usually gone within a couple of days. It takes about two weeks to make one of these baskets. If I sell to the middleman who comes through the village, the most he will give me is 200 shillings per basket. If I were to take them into town myself, I would probably get 700 shillings for one basket, but the transportation costs would be 500. I just usually sell to the middleman. With my hungry grandchildren, that 400 shillings only lasts one day, and we are back to eating the fruit from the palm tree. When the money runs out, the only food that we are able to eat is the fruit that grows on the palm trees. You have to collect a lot to make a meal. The fruit is tough and very fibrous. It is not something we would normally want to eat, let alone every day. But what else can we do? We are very grateful to the people of Canada for the support they have given us here in our village. May God bless you. Thank you very much. We are so thankful for the help we have received from Canada. I don't know where we would be today without your kindness. Please continue the excellent work that you are doing to help people like us. Steve, 
going to that area, knowing that there's so much hunger, and then realizing that Adri Canada was able to provide money to help these people to buy food, that must be very rewarding for you. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the things I find so rewarding about this career that I've chosen now because I'm able to be a part of you know, of a, an amazing organization that's able to go and, and really improve the lives of others. Um, when we go and, and visit people and hear the stories of how address helped them, uh, I always feel, I almost feel a little bit like a superhero sometimes because they're, they're so, so happy that you came, that you helped. Our biggest challenge is always when we leave, trying to make sure that we're leaving people in a better position than when we came but also trying to make sure that they're not reliant upon us. That they're, so we always try to build sustainability into our projects so that they, they actually don't need us when, when the project comes to an end. Steve, it's so encouraging and inspiring just to watch when these people mention Adra Canada. Like their faces just light up and some of the ideas that you're giving them to help them to be more sustainable, they didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, uh, it's a real joy to meet people and just learn about the differences that you're able to make in their lives. What is the biggest challenge that these people are facing? Well, it's, it's water. Not having access to water. Just think about if we suddenly had our taps turned off and there was no access to water within you know, kilometers of a walk from, from where we live. And that's what we're seeing there is just access to, to water makes it difficult. You can't even grow your own food if you don't have access to water because nothing's going to grow like that. They don't get enough rainfall to sustain anything at all. So that's, uh, that would definitely be their biggest challenge. And then that comes with also uh, many safety challenges that go with that as well. So we have uh, a video that we're going to look at right now on the importance of water and how that is a struggle for the people in that area. Hi, my name is Ikenia. I am 12 years old and in grade 5. I live in Turkana County in the country of Kenya. Before I was born, it used to rain a lot here. My mom says that they used to have two rainy seasons every year. I don't remember much about that. For the last five years, it's hardly rained here at all. I have six brothers and sisters. Some of us are going to school. Some stay home and help my mother. She had polio when she was young and is disabled. To help my mother, I do a lot of the cooking for my family. In Kenya, we like to eat ugali. That is a kind of porridge that we make from maize flour. It doesn't take long to cook, but we don't eat as much as we used to. Most of the time, we only eat once a day. Some days, there is no ugali at all. It's not just me. It's the same story for most of the kids in our village. My father is unemployed. Actually, most of the people living here do not work. The men used to be out herding animals, but because of the drought, almost all the animals have died. With no animals, there is no food, 
and no way for our dads to make money to buy food. And so there are a lot of days when we just have to go to bed hungry and hope that tomorrow will be better. But that's not my biggest problem. My biggest problem is getting water. There are long queues at the watering hole and it takes me about two hours every time I go. I can't carry enough water for my whole family in one trip, so I need to go to the river twice a day. I guess you can't call it a river anymore. It has been dried up now for over three years. It is just one long dried up bed of sand, but it is still the place where everyone goes to get water. By digging down into the sand, you can still find water. As each year goes by, we have had to keep digging deeper and deeper until we find water. Now, it usually takes four people to get water. One person is down in the hole filling the bucket. They pass the bucket to three other people to get the water up to the top. It is hard work, but the worst part of it is it's also very dangerous especially for the one down inside the hole. The sand walls can easily collapse and bury the person, especially if you're small like me. This has happened to some of my friends. Luckily, strong adults nearby were able to get them out in time before they died. But some kids in other villages have not been so lucky and have died just getting water. I am always afraid when I'm down in that hole. I look forward to the day when the rains come back to our village and the river flows again so we don't have to go down into that hole. I recently started going to some special classes that are being taught by Adara. They are teaching us many things about how we can live healthy and safe lives. They taught us how to deal with stress. We are learning that we all have human rights. Girls are as important as boys. And it is okay for boys to share the tasks that are usually just done by girls and women. I am so happy that Adira has come to work here. It gives me hope. We may all have big problems to deal with now, but thanks to things that I am learning from Adira, I believe that things will get better for us in the future. While I was there, I mean, we saw in the video the, the area where they had to go get water, and that hole that was dug in the ground, that's in a, a riverbed. So that was the river before. They, and you could see how far down they were. While I was there, I, I was kind of horrified when I showed up and saw kids down in a hole that's like 20 feet down in the ground, and all sand surrounding. They did tell me that day they had a collapse of one of the walls that buried one of the people that was down in the hole and they just got them out. Uh, it was uh, very close to uh, to being fatal. And I mentioned to them, you know, why don't you slope the walls back some to make it a little bit safer? And they just said, we're too hungry to do that. So their hunger was so bad that they could deal with the possibility of someone being in a very unsafe condition because they just didn't have the energy to be able to, to make it uh, any safer. Steve, what is Adra Canada doing to meet this challenge of not having enough water? 
in areas where it's possible, we are teaching people how to use the limited amounts of water that are still available to grow their own gardens. Uh, one area, it's near a riverbed that's pretty much dry, but because the river flows in from up in the northern areas where rainfall is still coming, uh, it's dammed off, but the water gets released at, from time to time, so they do have some water flow. So what we've taught them is how to harness that water. Don't let it run past you. They've built uh, like berms and what they've done is they've channeled the water into gardens that they're growing. So we taught them how to clear the land, how to grow gardens, how to grow food, food that they've never even eaten before, and taught them how to use it, but how to, uh, to harness that water so that they can... So they were telling me sometimes they know that the water is going to flow at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So they'll stay up all night waiting for the water to come so that they can channel the water through. They told me that they can go about two weeks without water for their garden, but then after that they'd lose all their crop. They usually get at least water minimum of once, once a week when they release the water upstream. So that's what they do. That's awesome. So we have video footage that your team was able to capture when you were there. Let's mm -hmm. take a look at that right now. The drought we are having right now is very different from any other drought we have ever had. In the past, it would last about a year and then the rains would come again. Sometimes the drought might go on for one and a half years, even two years. But we could still bounce back from that. We could still rebuild our herds and get back to normal life. But this drought has been very severe. It has lasted five years now, with no end in sight. It has made people vulnerable. Many have lost children to malnutrition. When I was growing up here, there was always plenty of rain. The land around us had plenty of grass. We had cows, sheep, and goats. There was always a surplus of food. No one ever went hungry. Then about five years ago, the rains stopped. Slowly, all of our animals grew weak and died. It left us without food. It left us with no resources to buy food. My children started to become emaciated. I was afraid that they would begin to die, just like the animals had. That was when ADRA came to work in our community. They worked with our village council to select the most vulnerable families and put them on an emergency cash assistance program. Once each month, they would get a cash transfer right to their cell phones over M-Pesa. They could use that to purchase food to feed their family. I am so thankful for the help that we received from ADRA. I was able to feed my children regular meals and they slowly regained their health. During this time, we did very well. The assistance came in every month for 13 months, and then we were told that the funds for the program had run out. That was in July of 2022. I was afraid my children would become weak and sick again. But then, Adra suggested a big idea, one we never would have considered on our own. We live close to a river that has not dried up. When the cash transfer program ended, ADRA suggested that we take advantage of the water and start growing our own food. 
It was hard for us to even imagine growing food. We have always lived by our animals and knew nothing about farming or growing food. Even if some might have wanted to try it, we live about two kilometers from the river. It would have been too far to make enough trips to water a farm by hand. But Adra suggested that as a community, we should form a group and work together to dig water canals that would bring the water from the river to us. At first, we were not sure about the idea. It was very difficult for us to believe that it would work. But we had a lot of confidence in Adra and decided to give it a try. They even set up a food for work program for those that dug the canal and started setting up the fence around the community farm. Some of the villages didn't need to dig canals. Another organization had dug shallow wells that were providing a good source of water for drinking and cooking. They had given us pumps powered by solar panels. In these villages, Adra simply had to get the people thinking about growing their own food. They gave us training on how to grow vegetables and provided seeds. For those villages that have these shallow wells, they can easily water their plots with a hose. For those that have brought the water in with the canals, they will once a day break open an earthen dam and let the water flow in to flood the rows of vegetables with water. It has been amazing to watch the plants grow and turn into food that we can eat. We are now growing tomatoes, spinach, amaranth, cow peas, mung beans, onions, watermelon, and fodder for goats. Vegetables are something totally new to us. We have never tasted them before. No one around here grows vegetables. At first it was very different than what we were used to, but we found out very quickly that vegetables taste good. It is so much better than going to bed hungry. Now every day we can bring home a bag of vegetables and sometimes a watermelon and feed this to the children. It is so good to see them smile at the sweet taste. We always knew that the cash transfers were not sustainable, that one day it would come to an end. And so now to have this new source of food, where the people are working every day to help themselves, is a very good thing. Even if we never have one more cash transfer, the people will now be able to provide healthy nutrition for their children. People are even able to sell some of their vegetables in the market and get the money that they need to buy maize and other essentials of life. It is very good what Adra has done here. We sell to our neighbors and take some to market. At first we thought our farm was too big, now we are finding that it has become very small. We want to expand. We want to grow more so that we can sell more. We are so grateful to the people of Canada for this wonderful support that they have provided to us. May God bless you. I want to thank Adra and all of the people who support the work of Adra. So Steve, final question. If someone is listening, they're viewing this program and they like what they're seeing, they like what ADRA is doing, how can they contribute to ADRA Canada? There's a few different ways. Um, financial is always such a need, especially in this type of situation. 
we just can't come up with enough funds to, to meet all the needs that are there. So we do have a campaign called Justice at the Table and uh, that's responding to the hunger crisis. If people go to our website, adder.ca, they will see a spot there where they can go to the hunger crisis. They can donate there. There's a donate button as soon as they get to our website as well, so adder.ca. Um, also, you know, prayer is important and we need prayers for the work that we do. We're working in very challenging situations. People can sign up to our prayer angels list through our website as well and they can be involved that way. And also just you know, spread around, share the word about what Adra is doing. Even for this episode, share with, uh, with your friends, family of, of what we're doing. Um, go onto our social media and follow us there. All those are different ways that they can be involved and, and help with the work that we're doing. Steve, I wonder if you could end with a prayer for us right now. Yes, absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share about the hunger crisis that's taking place around the world. I pray that you will move in the hearts and minds of those who are listening today, that they will be convicted to want to make a difference, to be able to help out in this challenging situation. And I pray that you will bring an end to the droughts that, uh, that these people are going through as well, that they will be able to get back to their ways of life, of having green and lush areas to grow their foods as well. May you be with us and uh, watch over us in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Steve, thank you so much for joining us on It Is Written Canada today. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. God's Word, the Bible, promises that the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Yes, Jesus himself identified with those who are hungry in this world when he said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Friends, if your heart has been moved to help dethrone the problem of hunger we are witnessing on a worldwide scale, then perhaps you would like to partner with ADRA Canada to make a financial donation to support their efforts in Kenya and around the world. Before you go, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs. You too can experience the fullness of life that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When we have our projects, we don't want to just do handouts. We want to be able to teach people how to, whether it's have a, a livelihood or grow their own food, but just be able to, within the resources that are available, be able to, uh, to go forward and, and be resilient on their own after, uh, after we're, we're gone. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.